Oh God, bless us this day. Let it pour out upon us and strengthen our faith as we read your word and study your ways. As the Holy Scriptures are read, let the words we speak ring true and our thoughts be devoted to you. Let all that we do be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, by your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church. And let God's people say, Amen. Our first reading is from Genesis 28, verses 10 through 15. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and to your offspring. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Our next reading is from Genesis 35, verses 1 and 9 through 15. God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and settle there. Make an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. God appeared to Jacob again when he came from Padan Aram, and he blessed him. God said to him, Your name is Jacob. No longer shall you be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. So he was called Israel. God said to him, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall spring from you. The land that I gave to Abraham and Isaac I will give to you, and I will give the land to your offspring after you. Then God went up from him at the place where he had spoken with him. Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he had spoken with him, a pillar of stone, and he poured out a drink offering on it and poured oil on it. So Jacob called the place where God had spoken with him, Bethel. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we have talked about Abraham and we have talked about Isaac and today we come to Jacob. And Jacob is always an interesting character to look at. And I think partly because Jacob, to me, always seemed like the least likely person to be picked as the one a nation would be named after, that a people would be named after. And it's mainly because he does a lot of things up to this point that are really questionable. He tricks his brother out of his birthright and then tricks his father into giving him his brother's blessing. And then he runs away. And while he's away, he ends up marrying two sisters and they get into a competition to see who can provide more offspring by giving him their servants as wives as well. And then Jacob returns. He returns and he tries to make amends with his brother and his brother accepts him and Jacob starts to turn things around. And what I've always found interesting is that 
Jacob reminds me that God doesn't pick flawless people. He picks people in spite of their flaws. That he picks the people that we don't expect to be the ones to give us the information we need. He picks the people that can do what needs to be done. And he does something interesting. We saw with Abraham that Abraham went from being Abram to Abraham when the promise was made. And the covenant was made with him and his name was changed and he knew that things were going to happen. Things are a little more extreme with Jacob. Jacob goes from being Jacob to being Israel. And he's renamed this twice. And the name means that God contends. And it's first mentioned when he is in the wilderness and he wrestles with an angel until daybreak. And he realizes that he has been wrestling with God. And I've often wondered if this is Jacob's way of wrestling with all of the things that he's got to deal with in his own life to get himself where he needs to be. But Jacob also becomes this bridge from a wandering people into a people of a nation. Because Jacob becomes Israel. And Israel becomes a great nation. Because we go from Abraham and Isaac to Jacob. And Jacob becomes Israel. And Israel has 12 sons. The 12 tribes of Israel. And when they come out of the Exodus, they become a great nation. And from them come the judges. And from the judges we enter the period of kings. And we come to King David. Who unites all of Israel under one banner. Truly a nation under God. And from the line of David comes Christ. And what's interesting is that in our scripture today, Jacob has a vision of a bridge. This ladder that goes from the earth to the heavens that the angels descend upon and ascend back into heaven on that connects people back to God. That Jacob sees this future in a dream. And that dream is fulfilled in the line of Jacob, in the line of Israel, in Christ. Because Christ becomes that ladder that the angels will descend and go back to the Father through the Son. That through this line from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we get a people who become united back to God. That overcome the separation and overcome everything by becoming a people. Not just a people by birth, but they become a people that bring others in and welcome others in. They become a people where it begins to mean more than just your birthright as to be part of this nation. But by the time it's done, it becomes a place where you belong when you take it and claim it for your own.
And it's the reminder that God will always be with us. God tells Jacob, I'll be with you. I will be with you until I make all this happen and I will not give you up. And the promise is made. that The same promise that was made to Abraham, that was made to Isaac, is made to Jacob, and that will be passed down from Jacob to his children. And that will be passed down from their children to their children. And will be passed down from generation to generation until it becomes something so big that it can't be contained by any generation. And they become a people brought together in love and mercy, remembering that at one point they had no home. At one point they had nowhere to call their own and yet God was with them. And because God was with them, they knew that they could wait until the time was right and that they could do it together. Abraham doesn't see the promise fulfilled. Isaac doesn't see the promise fulfilled. Jacob doesn't see the promise fulfilled. None of his children see the promise fulfilled. But they never stopped believing in it. They were a people that knew that God was with them and that God would make this happen however long it took and whatever it took. That they couldn't really force God's hand and make Him move any faster and that if they did, they would likely just mess it up. And it was not always easy. No, they suffered famine. They suffered through moving to a new land from being thrown in prison to being given great power to having to escape, to live, to wandering the wilderness for 40 years until they could go into the land and even going into the land it was a struggle to go in and it was a struggle to keep it. But they held on to that promise made to Jacob, the promise for Israel. I will be with you. I will go with you wherever you go. And you will be my people. We are still God's people. We are still God's people of that promise. Because we have been given a great nation. We have become a great people bigger than any border that can hold us. We have spread across the world to places that Jacob wouldn't even have dreamed of and could never have understood. That we speak more languages than I'm sure Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob could ever have comprehended or even thought that there would be so many languages. We have become as numerous as the sands on the beach. And yet God has not left us. Because God's promise is that he would always be with us. Because we have become a people of God. And we have become a people joined together in Christ. 
That the culmination of this promise that we would be together is fulfilled in Christ because he bridges the gap not only between heaven and earth, but between brother and sister. That he bridges the gap between all of us. Because we not only fall short in the eyes of God, we often fall short in helping each other. But God always bridges that gap that we can be a people together. That yes, we are flawed, but God still uses us and chooses us. That we may not get everything right. But Jacob was chosen because he was willing to do the work. He was willing to make the sacrifice, and he was even willing to go as far as to wrestle with God to figure out just what needed to be done. Despite his flaws, despite his past, despite all the things you'd think would disqualify him, There he is, bearing the promise. We have become a people that transcends any border and transcends any time because we are a people joined together in God's holy kingdom that we may welcome each other in as brother and sister, that we may welcome all to share in this promise that we may be all become descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that we may become the people of Israel when we remember God's promise to us that he would be there for us to take care of us and to see us through. Let us never forget that we are joined together as a family, as a people. that we are loved and cherished by a faithful God who used fathers of faith to remind us that yes, the promise is ours and yes, we belong in the message we have for all the nations is that and so do you. Let us rejoice in all that God has done, all that God has given us, and let us celebrate the freedom we have to be able to share that with all those that we meet and to welcome in all those who want to share and be of that people. Amen.